It has been a banner year. Like 2013 is going to hit the record books at, at Grace Church. And I think it's important that we stop and celebrate. We actually really stink at this here, just to be honest with you. It's my personality. I'm, I'm not a good celebrator. I'm a, I'm a good checklist guy. Checking off the list feels so good to me that I forget to celebrate it. And so we kind of accomplish something and I check it and we kind of move on. And actually, that's a really bad habit. In the Bible, especially the Old Testament, uh, God told his people to stop, to, to remember, to celebrate, and to savor a little bit what God has done. And that's a very appropriate thing. And so that's kind of what we're doing this weekend. We're stopping, we're remembering, we're celebrating, and we're just savoring God's goodness and his faithfulness, his, his answers to prayer. And then we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to cast a little vision for you, let you know what's going on this fall. But uh, I just thought it was important that we do that. So that's, that's why this is the funnest weekend of grace ever. Uh, that's why things are functioning so differently this weekend. It's because we're, do, we're actually kind of disciplining ourselves to have fun. How nerdy do you have to be to make yourself do that as an act of discipline? But it's on my to-do list. So after this weekend, we've had fun and I'm done. And <laughs> we'll, get to, we'll get moving with it. It's been a, uh, a killer few months here. It's just amazing what God has done. In fact, he's done so much in the last few months that it's almost hard to remember that everything, everything I'm going to talk about here is not even 12 months old yet. It's been so fast, it's so incredible that it feels like these things have been around forever, but they're actually brand new and God is blessing and we just wanted to focus on those. So for instance, our Medina East Campus. The Medina East Campus, we've talked about it a ton. It feels like it's been around forever. We started that last December. It's not even a year old yet. And God is blessed in just tremendous ways. They're running uh, about 400 people a weekend out there. It's incredible. And if you remember, this time last year, we were kind of casting the vision to you guys saying, uh, who wants to be a pioneer? Who wants to go out and start the Medina East Campus? About 200 of us did that between uh, mostly Bath, but also a few families from Norton went as well. And God has doubled that investment in less than a year. So 200 went. Those other 200 folks just came from the Medina community. And uh, that, there was kind of a vacuum there that got filled up really quick. There, we started a third service there already. They're not even a year old. We started a third service. And they have just finished a capital campaign, uh, raises some money. So as soon as the permits come in from uh, the township, we'll break ground and do a, a full-blown remodel of that building out there. If you've seen it, you'll realize that it desperately needs a full-blown remodel. Bulldozers are a gift to that building. And so uh, we'll do that. And I really believe once we kind of have that building up and functional full blast, that they're going to double again. So what a great investment and how much God has blessed that so, so quickly and, and, and excited about that. And we've also done some things here, just to remind you, we remember the Big Little Project, and we, that was just March and April that we were kind of casting all that vision, talking about our needs and dreams. Uh, you guys came together, we, we had a lot of those conversations through those dinners, and uh, the giving commitments to that started in May. It, I wanted to kind of update you on that, but let me say this, first of all, it has been so beyond words encouraging the unity that's come out of the Big Little Project. That's a, that was a big deal because we're changing a lot of paradigms. We're doing things in a different way than we've ever done it before. There's take sacrifice. Of course, there's a financial sacrifice, but beyond that, moving, shifting, new teams, all that kind of stuff. And you guys kind of 
said in one voice, we're in. If we're going to reach more people and uh, help other folks come to know Jesus, we're going to do it. So you did. So you made $6 million worth of commitments, which buys and pays everything off in three years. And all of those dreams that we had, remember, this is less than a year ago. Everything we dreamt about a year ago today is becoming a reality right now as we speak, which is absolutely incredible. I remember after the financial commitments came back and you guys said yes to everything, our first staff meeting, I went in and I had that kind of this long look on my face and the guys were like, what's, what's wrong with you? And I said, they said yes to everything. We're dead, <laughs> you know, our to-do list just went boom. But it's awesome, it's awesome, awesome, awesome. And we get to, we get to work on our dreams every day and it's a blast. So here's kind of the update on that. Uh, you remember we bought the other building, the, the one down on Cleveland Masson Road, three miles from here, the existing building, bought a building, 18 acres of land. That's gonna be the extension that is all moving forward. So if you know, if you know anything about construction, you have to apply for permits and the county and the city and the township. And, and they're, doing, they're great to work with, but it just takes time. So we're kind of creeping through those processes. We have, uh, we're about nailed down on contracts for that building. And so we hope to start working on it here in the next couple of months. The nice thing about that building is it, it has a roof on it already. So the winter isn't gonna slow us down too much as it gets remodeled. So the basketball floor is going in, the field's going on the 18 acres, soccer fields, things like that going in there. And then all the uh, technology going in so we can hold services there on, uh, on Sundays when it's done. And we're looking at next summer, we think that's gonna be kind of nailed down and uh, ready for us to, to go in at full blast. Now, we're using it now, and you're gonna hear uh, announcements over the fall. We're gonna have this event at the extension, or that's going on at the extension. So there's ways that we can use it. When I talk about it being done, what I mean is buttoned up, shiny, set up the way that we dream of it being finished about next summer. So that's in process. We also have a, a big addition going on here, right? So the discipleship wing. And uh, the, the, we're nailing down the final kind of contracts, dotting the I's, crossing the T's on that. Uh, hopefully, you're going to hear me say hopefully, and I think, and you're going to hear me say ish a lot, right? So that's the way construction works. You, you, don't, uh, you don't make too many firm claims with it. So hopefully, November-ish, I think, uh, we're going to start throwing dirt around here. So we'll start moving uh, the utilities, getting the primar uh, primary work done with it. Winter time is winter time in Northeast Ohio, so we'll see how much uh, we can do during the winter time. And then uh, probably when we think about using it, the way that we dream and talk about using it, you're talking probably looking about a year from now. It's about how long it takes to bring a, a big building like that out of the dirt. But this year, we'll start doing that. We'll, be, we'll get our cars muddy every time we come to church, which is fun. I love that kind of mud. It's the best mud ever. It's vision mud. It's awesome. And we'll be nice and inconvenienced by uh, construction, and it'll be blast, and that will start becoming a reality here next couple months. Uh, other parts of the big little project, remember a big part of that was getting missionaries to the field. And so we had several families kind of lined up saying, I want to go uh, to Central Africa full time, just need to raise the finances. And Craig and Jackie Palmer were the first at bat on that. And so the finances are raised. Craig and Jackie are in motion. 
So uh, in July, they were commissioned by our network of churches and the missions agencies that we work with. So we laid hands on them, prayed over them, and, and sent them into full-time missions work. So they've finished all that training. Their next big step will be language school. So you'll, you'll see them kind of in and out of grace once in a while here. But their next big move is they need to move to France. And they're going to live in France for six to 12 months-ish. And they need to be immersed and master French. That's the language that is spoken in Chad, Africa. So they'll, move, they'll live in France for about a year, get the language down and all the nuances of it down, and then their next move will be over to Chad, and they'll be where they targeted to go. So they're on the way uh, because the financial barriers were crossed. Then there was other missionaries kind of behind them. So as soon as Craig and Jackie are kind of in motion, the next couple will come up to bat, and we'll get them moving along that process. So that's, that's moving in a, in a tremendous way, and very excited about that. One of our other big dreams for the Big Little Project was the training of uh, full-time ministers here at Grace. We wanted to start a college program. Uh, so with Moody Bible Institute, we are the first, uh, first church ever that they're doing this with. But Moody is here now at Grace Church. We have 20 students, which is huge as a, as a kind of a first in class, 20 students who are working on a full-blown undergrad uh, program. So they get their college degree. It's fully accredited. They'll study Bible. They'll be mentored. And they'll be trained in ministry all at the same time over those four years. So that freshman class, is they're in class already. And uh, Moody is working here. They're supposed to meet in that building that we're going to build, but it's not built. So they're meeting in the woods. They're doing really well. They just bundle up. Uh, we're we're kind of nipping and tucking them everywhere right now until we get the space ready. But we didn't want to wait on the program. So that dream is a full-blown reality. And uh, those first uh, students are in, involved. So you'll interact with them probably as you go through ministries at Grace because they're going to be actively uh, participating and serving here um, even as they get their, uh, their college degree. So that, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, guys. It's like it's so important to stop and like remember. All of that stuff was... Not daydreamy, but kind of. It was dreams. There was no money. There was no moody. There was, there was nothing to move those things forward except kind of people ready to go. And over in and, and less than a year, this is all within the last 10, 9, 10 months. In less than a year, God has brought all of that stuff into tangible realities. And the building stuff will be tangible realities as soon as the permits come through. And it's just incredible what God has done and the prayers that he has answered, and he deserves glory for it, right? It's, it's a very important that as, a, as his church, we stop and remember and thank him for that and, and savor kind of his goodness uh, to us. I, I worked with, a, actually, a guy came up to interview us about a book he was writing, uh, this national guy, and uh, what I was telling about the church, he said, he said, uh, back then we were also rebuilding our Norton campus. He said, I think you're the only church in North America with four major building programs going on at once. And Jim Argita broke into tears, uh, our administrator, who's trying to get all these buildings built. But it was like, it's like, yeah, he said, he said, I can't believe what God is doing for you guys and with you guys. And I said, yeah, I said, we, we feel that too. We're a little blown away by it, but grateful, 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 grateful 
that, uh, that we get to be in on that and, uh, and see God do it. So remember that and praise God for it. If you want to keep up with the Big Little Project, we have a website you can go to. Uh, go to uh, uh, graceohio.biglittle.org, graceohio.biglittle.org. All the building updates, the Craig and Jackie updates, everything's there, and you can check in on that whenever you want. Then I'll kind of keep those things in the loop for you. We're also just praising God for the things that are right in front of us right now. We're going to have an incredible fall around here, and I want you to know some of the things that are going on so that you can get yourself and your families tied in and take advantage of that. So for instance, in, uh, in our student ministries, we have a new program launching this fall just for high school students. So if you're in high school, or if you know someone in high school, there's a new program for you that's going to launch called The Hub. And I encourage you to check that out. Go when you leave here, get a donut, go over to the student ministries building, hit the booth, all the details are there. But incredible stuff going to happen at The Hub that's being launched just for you. Also in our student ministries, we're kind of kicking everything off right now. So student life groups start tonight. Junior high and high school students, student life groups. Mom and dad, if your kids are not in a student life group, you're robbing them of something special. So they're 5.30 to 7 over at the student center, and then they kind of spread out throughout the facilities. Uh, It's their small group connected with an adult that cares for them and loves them, connected with each other. Take advantage of that. Grounded is going to fire up. Some of you don't know about Grounded. Let me just tell you about it. Grounded, one of the things that Paul said to Timothy is to always receive and teach sound doctrine, good theology. We would add to that as well. And so here at Grace, we realize that if we, the church, don't teach sound doctrine and good theology, that you don't get it anywhere else, most of us. You're not going to get it at school or on TV or anything like that. So we start teaching our kids doctrine and theology in the third grade here at Grace Church. And it's called Grounded. And we found a fun and creative way to teach that has rewards attached to it. So your kids can learn the Bible in a fun and creative way. And then they can earn special trips. They can earn discounts for doing the hard work of going through the Grounded program. And the younger grades, third through sixth grade, they earn retreats. They get to go on overnighters and stuff that are only for Grounded kids. So that's going to fire up. So mom and dad, again you're missing out. You're, you're robbing your kids if they're not able to be a part of Grounded. So I encourage you to take advantage of that. Those of you who are in middle school, there's a new middle school program called The Middle. Our youth guys, they're not the best at names, you know, but they're fun. They're fun to be around. So The Middle is firing up just for middle school kids. Same thing. Go over to the booth, check it out, and uh, you're going to be excited about that. Children's ministry, Incredible opportunities coming through children's ministry. If you think of life group for adults, MP life groups, college kids, student life groups, junior high, high school kids, think of power outlet for children. It's your children's small group, okay? Meets on Sunday night, 5.30 to 7. Drop the kids off. Go get a cup of coffee. Make it a date night, right? So you can get out, get to your life group if you want. But take advantage of that, and that starts up here pretty soon. They have their own version of Grounded as well. If they're in the third grade, uh, we start to teach them that as well. They get overnighters and stuff like that as rewards. Bible quizzing is firing up. If you think of Jeopardy, Bible quizzing is kind of like Jeopardy. Not exactly, but kind of like Jeopardy. It's a game where you memorize parts of the Bible. You get quiz over questions, and then you jump, and it's like a competition. Heidi and I have had uh, all of our kids so far in Bible quizzing. 
there is probably not a better tool for your kids to learn the Bible than Bible quizzing. And it's starting now. They can come tonight. It's at 3.30, I think, today. Get them involved in Bible quizzing. Uh, It's a blast. Fall Fest is coming. Family movie night. Pajama weekend. When the clock changes, bring your kids to church in their jammies. Just make sure you got the dates right. Because we made that mistake once. The Vogue family did. We were like, hey, how was jammy weekend? They're like, it's going to be fun next week. A little painful. Counseling has helped a lot. But all that kind of stuff, kids, it's a blast. Get out to the booths over there. Check out what's going on. Let them be a part of it. NP, if you are 18 to 28, new perspective is for you. You don't have to be in college. You don't have to be a student. You're working or a student, doesn't matter. 18 to 28, new perspective. They have a booth outside. Check that out. New leadership there. If you remember Pastor Tony, who went and started our Medina campus, Medina East campus, did lead NP. We have brought Chris Amon in, who is leading MP now, hired three uh, college interns around him, and they're kind of a a nucleus of a leadership team there, staff-wise. Very exciting what God's doing through New Perspective. Their life groups are firing up again. So some of them meet in homes, some of them meet on campuses, you just kind of have to check it out. Central gatherings have fired back up again for the school year, that's when they all get together. A couple, 300 college students are part of New Perspective, so... Join that. If you're in that age, great. Check that out and uh, be a part of that. I am super cranked about the teaching series that we're going to have this fall. Uh, Next weekend, we're going to start a new series called Sex, Kids, and Rock and Roll. I love the title. I have it tattooed on my chest, so I won't be wearing a shirt. But it's uh, really, really cranked about that. We've invited um, 15,000 families to come join us for that. Really excited, of course, to reach out to them, share the good news of Jesus, the truth of God's word. The series after that is called Reset. I have written a new book and very excited about it. I'm probably more passionate about this book than anything else I've ever worked on. Uh, it's called Reset, Why Discipleship Isn't About Trying Harder. And I've, uh, we've released it kind of in a limited way. The feedback we've gotten is mind-boggling, frankly. And uh, I am very confident that for some of us, uh, that book and the truth of God's word that's in it is literally going to revolutionize your relationship with God. So I cannot wait for you to be a part of that. We're going to teach through it, uh, do a teaching series around it. I cannot wait to do that because I think it's going to be life-changing for many of us. So that's coming up. Christmas, of course, is a big deal around here. That will be as well. So great teaching series this fall. And uh, I'm excited to, uh, to be here for it and uh, to get into those things um, as well. All kinds of things, guys. All of our classes are launching. Stop by the Know It kiosk out there. Find out about all the Bible education classes that are coming. You want to be part of that. Uh, small groups are firing up. All the life groups are firing up. Kind of full blast. So if you're not in a life group, join a life group. Stop by the Live It kiosk out there. Get the information on that. There are missions trips there are urban, uh, inner city ministry things. There, there's a ton of give it away stuff. So stop by the give it away booth, find out about that, you get your, you and your family involved with it and, uh, and, and go for it and be a part of what's going on at Grace. One of the things that uh, I really encourage you to do, everyone here and everyone out in the cafe as well, one of the ways that we can serve together, specifically at the 1015 service, is this, right? If you are able to go to a different service, you would be serving Jesus. 
in the community. Now, I want everybody to look at me. Look at me, right? I want you to say these words. No false guilt. Say it. No false. Oh, come on. What are you asleep? This is the, that's an 845 response, right? You've had donuts already. Say it. No false guilt. Now, listen. If you cannot switch services, no false guilt. If your kids are in programs and that's why you're in this service, no false guilt. If you're our guest this morning, the service is actually for you, so no false guilt. But if you're able to change your schedule, okay, we need you to do that. Saturday night, uh, there's seats, especially at 7 o'clock, 8.45, 11.45. This service is the service that most of our guests come to. And the more we can make seats for them, the easier it is for them to get connected to grace and connected to Jesus, and that's what we want, okay? So we invited 15,000 of them next week, all right? So if you're able to change, think it through, pray it through, please do that. But what's the term? No false guilt. If you can't, if you slept in, I don't want you feeling bad about being in here, but if you're able to shift, even if you're out in the cafe, if you're able to shift, I encourage you and want you and need you to do that. So think it through. It's a way that we can serve together, okay? So lots going on this fall, incredible things, and we want you to be a part of it and take advantage of it. And guys, I'm so thrilled. If you, have, if you grew up in church and you grew up in a church that didn't have much life in it, or maybe you just came from a church that didn't have much life in it, and uh, you went to church and it was a bunch of rules and regulations and that was terrible, or you went to church and it's something that you endured or your mom would smack you in the back of the head. Um, if you have grown up like that and then you come to grace and you feel the life and the vibrancy and the joy of grace, it's a breath of fresh air, isn't it? And guys, we need to celebrate that. That's God working. It's, it, this is not Jeff's church. It's God's church, okay? And this is not Jeff and, and, the, and the staff making a killer church. This is God choosing to move among us in great ways. The things that we reviewed with the big little project and Moody and, the, and all that kind of stuff, you can't make that stuff up and you can't just will it to happen. God has to work and bless and unify. And so enjoy that. Don't be haughty, of course, about it, but it's certainly appropriate to enjoy it and savor it and thank God that we get to be a part of it. And thank God that those investments are, are true and real and eternal and that uh, we get to, uh, to uh, lock on to them. If you, uh, if you were here uh, maybe in March of last year, you heard me talk about uh, a story in the Bible that's out of the book of Numbers. And it's the time when God had led the people, the nation of Israel, out of Egypt, out of slavery. They crossed the sea. They went through the wilderness. And they showed up at the promised land for the first time. And when they got to the promised land for the first time, God, uh, or Moses, who was leading the people, sent spies in. If you remember that song, 12 men went to spy on Cana. 10 were bad and 2 were good. Anybody? Sunday school? Pagans. So they got, to the, they got to the promised land, right? 12 spies go in. And this is what we talked about. All 12 of them saw and reported the exact same thing. It's fascinating. All 12 of them went into the promised land and said, this place is sweet. It's exactly what God said. It is flowing with milk and honey. The land is bountiful. The grapes, the Bible says they found a cluster of grapes so big that they had to put it on a stick and two guys had to carry it. They said it is, it is plentiful. 
It's amazing. It's everything that God said it was and everything that we dreamed it was. All 12 of them said that. All 12 of them also said, it's filled with giants and warriors and fortified cities. And we are not warriors. We are slaves. we've, We've been slaves for centuries. We have never raised an army, know nothing about it. So there's all these giants and fortified cities. The land is good, it's incredible, just like God said. And there's these challenges, just like God said. And then that's where it kind of broke down. 10, 10 were bad. 10 said, there's no way we can take it. No way, absolutely not. We're not equipped, we don't have a history of warfare, we can't do it. it you know, God let us down. We, don't, we can't trust him for it. Two, Caleb and Joshua were their names, said, what are you guys talking about? Did, did you see the plagues? Did you see the sea part? Did you see the man? We can absolutely go in there and whoop on these guys because if God goes before us, who can be against us? And those 10 spies, the Bible says, caused the people of Israel to tremble in fear. The people rebelled against God, said, we don't trust you anymore. This is all scary and hurtful. We're not doing it. Refused to go in. And God punished them. And he said, okay, you guys are going into the wilderness for 40 years. You're literally going to wander around until this whole generation dies off. And I'm going to give this land to your children. The only two people or families that are going to survive this are Joshua's and Caleb's because they believed me for who I was. And we said, we were looking at the big little project back then. Everything we were talking about was absolutely impossible. And we said, uh, are we going to go to what we believe God has called us to or are we going to chicken out? We have to decide. And unified, we said, let's go for it. It's fascinating in the Bible the people of Israel now come back to the promised land. Grab your Bibles if you got them. Go to Joshua 14. Let me show you this stuff real quick. Joshua 14. If you don't have a Bible or something there in the chairs, you can use those. And if you uh, use a smartphone or iPads, we use the U version app, Y-O-U version. Hit live, and then our zip code is 44333. This is 45 years later. The people of Israel have come back to the promised land, just like God said that they would. Everybody's died out of that generation, except for Caleb and Joshua. So their kids are coming back to take hold of what God promised them. And this is how it plays out. Verse 6, chapter 14, Joshua, now the people of Judah approached Joshua Gilgal Caleb said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to explore the land, and I brought back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time that he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day that Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. 
And then Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron as an inheritance. So a couple things that, he, that Caleb teaches us here that I think are important for us to remember as we go through the journey of life, as we go through as individuals, as families, and even then as a church, as we go through the journey that God has called us through as a church, a couple things that we need to remember. Here's the first one. As we journey through life, we need to remember God's promises. Remember God's promises. Look at what Caleb says to Joshua. He simply remembers what God had promised him. Verse nine, verse eight, he says, I followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Verse nine, so on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which my feet will walk will be your inheritance, that of your children, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Caleb remembered God's promises. Now, this is important. As Caleb comes up to the promised land, where he lands exactly where God says he would land, it's important to realize what he's doing. He's not demanding something of God. He's not looking and saying, hey, God, 45 years, you owe me. You owe me. I want my land, God, right? He doesn't have, he's not demanding something of God. He's not presuming upon the Lord. You see this junk on TV a lot where they'll say, well, believe it and God will do it. God, I believe you for a flat screen. You know, I think God would say, I believe you to get a job, you know? So it's not, he's not doing that. He's not looking and saying, well, God, I, I want that. So you give it to me. He's not doing that. He's not presuming upon the Lord. What's he doing? He's remembering what God said to him. That's all he's doing. 45 years, Caleb, who did nothing but honor God, had to wander around with all the people who didn't trust God. That promise sustained him. See, he waited a long time. But what do you, he remember, God, God's gonna deliver. God promised me. He promised me that if I followed him, he'd give me that land. He promised me, he said, he swore to me that one day we're gonna wind back up there and that, that's gonna be my inheritance. What, God made that promise to me. He's trusting God for what God said. So when he goes to Joshua, he's not coming in with a God owes me or I want something. He's coming in with truth. God, you said, and you said we would wander and you said we'd wind up right back here and you said when we wind up right back here that I could have that land, you said. And God, talking through Joshua, says, right, it's yours, bud. It's yours. As we journey through life and as we journey as a church, remembering God's promises is so important because it sustains us. It encourages us. It helps us, right? God makes promises to his followers. So for instance, God promises that if you love him and follow him, that he hears your prayers, I need to know that. I need to, remember, I, I need to remember that as a child of God, I can go boldly before the throne of grace and make my requests known. God said, yeah, come on in. I hear you. I'm not beating on the door saying, God, please listen to me. I walk up as a follower of God. He says, yeah, come on in. Let me know what's on your heart. I remember that promise. God promises that he'll never leave me or forsake me. I, I need that promise because I feel alone. A lot. Some of you feel alone, right? Your marriage is struggling and you feel alone. 
You feel alone at work. You're the only guy, only woman at work trying to have integrity and not feel alone. I, I need to remember that God says, you're not, you're not. And sometimes I need to look at God and just quote back to him what he said. I'm not alone, right? Nope. I'm right here with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I need to remember that God loves my family, my children more than I do. He says that in his word. I need to remember that because I want to kill my kids sometimes. And I remember that. Parenting is petrifying, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the scariest thing I do because I don't have any idea what I'm doing. I've never done it before, right? Heidi and I, we don't save for our kids' college. We save for their counseling. We're, we're, we're screwing them up. We're going to help them out later on in life. You know, it, it's, it's petrifying. And I'm looking at these kids and I'm trying to shape them and mold them. I realize I'm making decisions for them that are going to affect their life. And they don't always like it. That's scary. I, I need to know that God promised that he loves them. God promised that through his Holy Spirit, he would give me wisdom. He promised me that the truths of the Bible that about parenting will actually work in real time, even though nobody likes them being applied at the moment. I need to lay in, I need to lean into that sometimes. Not presuming upon God, not demanding of God, just looking and saying, God, you're with me in this, right? Yeah. This is what the Bible says. It's, the Bible's unchanging and unfailing, right? Right, go ahead. See? And leaning into those things gives us courage. It gives us wisdom. Now, as a church, we need the same thing. Because we're always going to move into some kind of uncharted territory where the cost is high and the outcome is uncertain. And I need to know that when I invest my life, my time, my money, my energy into the church of Jesus Christ, I need to know that that, that investment is guaranteed. And the Bible tells me that it is. The Bible says that God, Jesus promises that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. As the church moves against the gates of hell, the win is guaranteed. I need to know that, right? I need to know that. As the culture changes and moves away from the truth of God, I need to know that I haven't lost my mind, I've just kept my faith. As the church moves from the hub of a culture and becomes the butt of a joke and before too long, the object of persecution, I need to know that as I endure that hard time or make that sacrifice or move forward, that the win is guaranteed. The investment will pay off because it's eternal and Jesus promised it. It's not presuming upon God. That's not God trying to get God to do something you want him to do. That's just simply looking at the truths of scripture, what God said and saying, listen, God has been 45 years. This is my inheritance, right? Right. It's right, Caleb. It's yours. I promised you. And even though you've wandered and gone through this stuff with everybody else, that promise, my word never changes. That promise still stands and it's yours. And Caleb comes to Joshua, who's speaking on God's behalf here and says, you know what? I promised. I'd like to receive that now. And Joshua's reaction to Caleb is, well, of course, of course. God made that promise to you. Of course, he gives this land to you. Now, there's a little second thing that, that uh, Caleb teaches us, and it's this, that sometimes we have to fight for the promises of God. 
We have to fight for the promise. Look at verse 10. He says, now then, since that's the truth, just as the Lord promised me, he's kept me alive all these years. I wandered in the wilderness. I'm 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day that Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle as I was then. Verse 12, now give me this hill country that the Lord has given me. I know that the cities are fortified. I know that the giants are there. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Caleb realized that the promises of God require work and sacrifice. Rarely does God gift wrap his promises and drop them in our lap. Rarely, sometimes, but rarely. What God tends to do is this. God fights with us for the promises that he gives us. God fights with us for the promises that he gives us. Why? Because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. It's James 1. So God shapes us and molds us as we fight for the promises that he gives us, but he fights with us to do that. With the Lord's help, this is done deal, but I'm going to have to suit up as an 85-year-old and go to, go to battle. By the way, I think that should be everybody's retirement passage right there, right? I love his mindset there, okay? God promises that you can have a vibrant marriage that reflects his relationship with the church, okay? God promises to hear your prayers, but this is not, it doesn't work like this. You don't pray, God, straighten her out, she screwed up. (sighs) Time to watch the Browns. I don't know. You get up off your duffet, and you work at your marriage, and God will help and strengthen and encourage. God, the kids are a mess. Strike them down or straighten them out. I'm going to go ahead and take that promotion where I'm on the road all the time. No, no, no. God, give me the strength to get over my ego and get over my dreams and be the parent that I need to be, because you promised. God, world's going to hell in a handbasket. Straighten them pagans out. Amen. No, no, no. I've called to myself a church, and I will empower you, and I will strengthen you, and I will give you authority, and I will go with you as you go into the land, face down the giant. See how that works? God, God goes with us as we lock hold of the promises that he gives us, and this is where Caleb's at. Not presuming, not demanding, just remembering. God, you said, yep, I did. It's all yours, Caleb. All right, God, I'm suiting up. You and me, we got some cities to conquer, see? And we're gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna get to being on the action as you make these dreams or these promises become a reality. Guys, as a church, I'm so thrilled about how God has formed us and continue to form us. We're on a 50-year vision here at Grace. We're 13 years into it. I don't even feel like we've scratched the surface yet. So we are far from any kind of a pinnacle, but we're on a great path, and it is a blast. And I'm so excited that we get to do that. This weekend, I want you to take advantage of it. Sign up, be a part, get your families tied in. It's awesome what God has given us. God has given us each other. And leaning into each other is so important. The people around you are going to be the greatest sources of pain in your life and the greatest sources of joy in your life. 
And that mixed together is called relationships, and that's how God causes us to interact with each other. So love each other like that. Lean into each other like that. Lock arms and face battles together and work through the hard times and love each other through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then embrace God's son. The ultimate gift that God has given us is Jesus. If you haven't embraced Jesus, if you've never had the, your sins forgiven, if you've never brought your life under the leadership of Jesus, that's where it all starts. And that's where all of these promises of God, they unlock and become realities in our life. And so that's the great message that the proclaiming of the gospel of Jesus is the great driver of Grace Church. And it's a great imperative in my personal life, right? I need to have my, if my relationship with God isn't where it needs to be, then the rest of my life won't function well either. So it starts there and moves forward. And we want you to embrace all that this weekend. Jesus, thank you so much for loving us, for helping us, for going with us in life. Thank you for doing that as individuals, as we go through all the good and all the bad that is our life. Thank you that you go with us. And thank you for doing that together as a church, that you walk with us and lead us. We love you. Thanks for loving us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.